0: To the Gym Podcast, uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome, everyone, to the Gym Podcast. Back as always. Welcome. I'm your host, Jimbo Fisher, alongside me as co-host,
1: Randy Darsh. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Randy. For another exciting episode of the Gym Podcast, I think we have a uh, good episode lined up just on the events of last week. We
0: got some ideas to talk about stuff. I mean, it seems like a few a few things happened last weekend, wouldn't you say? Nothing,
1: nothing in particular. Um, well, of course, we're, we're a, nothing, nothing really exciting happened. It was just another great week of college football, nothing specific. Um, the playoff picture, I know people hate to constantly hear about the playoffs in October, mm-hmm. but the playoff picture, or at least the postseason picture, is really starting to shape up. The who can really make like a Cinderella run mm-hmm. kind of narrative is shaping up because um, certain top teams have now looked a little bit, vulnerable well yeah the idea of a the idea of a cinderella run is really going to be popular and, and seem possible and probable not just this pipe dream like it used to be the last few years
0: well i mean last week last weekend we had four top 10 teams go down i think we could possibly discuss a few of these games if you don't mind um one game that stood out to me was number 20 utah defeating undefeated that bozeman west number seven usc uh it finally happened they were finally exposed. Are you happy about
1: this? I, to, I, Okay, happy is a very strong word, but I will say I saw this coming. We just <laughs> didn't really necessarily know when because USC has kind of looked suspect a little bit sus. all season. Right. They, they don't really have great line play on either the offensive line or defensive line. They still have a lot of holes. Um, I will say Lincoln Riley definitely did a good job of laying out the blueprint for how to win now with the portal. Um he did a very good job with that. I will say the one thing I really liked about that game was the walk-off two-point conversion by Cam Rising, Utah yeah. quarterback. Yeah. And we need to give credit to Utah. They are now 5 and 2 after losing to Florida early. Um, And the Pac-12 is actually still very much wide open. Yeah. One thing I noticed about the Pac this year is that normally we've been dogging on the Pac. A lot of people have been dogging on the Pac for the performance the last seven, seven, eight years. They haven't been very good in the past seven, eight years. They've been easily the weakest Power 5 conference. But this year, they have actually looked very legitimate. It seems like for the Mm -hmm. Pac-12... most of their like kind of mid-tier to bottom-tier teams have really kind of stayed the same, not really regressed. Right. Well, they have five or six teams that have really shot up in quality. So you have UCLA, Oregon, USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington, and even Washington State all look but like they've improved, while how, the other teams haven't really gotten worse.
0: How unfortunate for them, though, that two of their best teams, USC and UCLA, are both heading to the Big Ten. I don't know. I
1: really hate. I really hate <laughs> that that's happening. Like right <laughs> as the Pac-12 is really starting to look good again, I now see why our friend Chip, yeah, um, is actually very upset about this because this would have been a really fun conference to watch, and I really like. That nowadays, more of the Pac 12 games are actually on at reasonable time. Yeah, they and learn. Like, They've been learning. I get it. Larry Scott. Yeah. I get it. I get it. The whole Pac 12 after dark thing was like a cool meme at first, but like at the end of the day, like those games just weren't exciting. Yeah. Well, they go to like midnight. Like, you're just it's kind of like, like sleepy. Yeah. You're yeah. just kind of laying in bed watching it. So, and plus, you have to remember when a team plays at noon or a team plays at 2 30, if there's like a big play or something big happens in the game, that replay is being shown for the entire rest of the games so with the Pac-12. Right. That just doesn't happen, right?
0: Like, yeah, like there's so often I'll just like wake up the following day and be like, oh, that happened. You know what I mean? Like this game finished apparently at like twelve thirty a.m. Central Time. Like I can't even imagine being on the East Coast and dealing with this crap. Um, exactly. But yeah. So the Pac-12 pretty wide open. Speaking of kind of wide open, I mean the Big Twelve was I think blown quite open this weekend with uh, TCU defeating Oklahoma State. I assumed that the Cowboys were the front runners of the Big 12, but now it looks like the Horn Frogs might be in the driver's seat. What do you think, Randy?
1: I would have to agree for now. The Big 12, I love the Big 12 because it's one of those conferences where literally anything can happen. It has absolutely by far the most parity. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the conference is being led by TCU and Kansas State. People need to remember, Kansas State has looked very good. Yeah. As I believe played a few tougher games. I mean, their only loss is to an out of conference opponent. I guess they lane. lost to Tulane. I know, right? That's crazy that they lose to Tulane and then just sweep their conference. But that's right. the Big 12 for you. I mean, yeah. and then also, we've talked about this a lot, how the group of five is really closing the gap between the uh, middle of the pack to yeah. even some of the better Power Five teams. Regardless, the power five doesn't exist anymore with playoff expansion. It's now power six on mm-hmm. a rotating basis.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and for what anyway, worth, I was, two, two lanes ranked, by the way. Two lanes ranked 25. So they're just, six and one. Saying, they're looking yeah, good. So good. it's not
1: like it's some awful loss or yeah. anything, yeah. right? Yeah. I will say, TCU, I really, I really, <laughs> for three weeks in a row now, I've said, nah, I'm not buying into them. But like, <laughs> they keep proving me wrong. So I would feel bad thinking they don't have a shot versus Kansas State, but I still my gut still wants to say kansas state in this game. And you have to remember TCU is going to have like a very tough rest of the season. They're going to play Kansas well, State, Texas Tech, Texas, I mean Texas, Baylor, Iowa State. I don't know,
0: man. I mean, looking, they just won three ranked games in a row. They've beaten Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Like that's that's pretty legit in my mind. So, I mean, obviously it's not an easy road ahead, but they control their own destiny, which is more than most teams can say. So, definitely a team to look out for. It smells like 2014 right well, it's like 2014 that was a fun year um speaking of wide open okay this is a bad segue but I'll, I'll just i'll just go to it uh michigan finally exposed penn state um they actually like destroyed them i don't think this final score is quite indicative of how much of a blowout that was um are you surprised do you think this makes michigan look legit or are they still a little bit sus to you
1: I'm going to be honest. I'm not surprised by the outcome. I remember at one point you showed me like this game. You were like, guess the score of the yeah. game when it was 17 16 in favor of Penn State. And it was something insane. Like Penn State had one first down to Michigan's 15, yeah. and they had less than half the yards. Anyway, I will say I'm actually not surprised because I feel like Harbaugh has built Michigan to win the Big Ten, right. like specifically to win the Big Ten because he knows who he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, And you have to also remember, Penn State had kind of a soft schedule. They almost lost to Purdue to begin the season. Right. Um, I know you were kind of high on Penn State. I was just trying to be polite and stay in my mind because you <laughs> sure. know the Big Ten a little better than I did. Sure. But I was never really that high on Penn State, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see Michigan you know, winning this game, even going 11-1 and or something, mm-hmm. and being blank to get in the CFP. But I mean, maybe they'll prove me wrong.
0: Maybe. I don't know. For what it's worth, they have an extremely good rushing game. I think they had over 400 yards total on the ground against Penn State, which I don't care who you're facing. That's pretty impressive. So definitely a team to look out for. Yeah. Um, all right. So that
1: covers all of last. No, week's no, game. no, no, no. Um, I
0: think I think there's one other <laughs> game we need to kind of discuss, Randy. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the floor.
1: <laughs> all right. So, I will say this. It wouldn't have been so bad if we lost to somebody like Ole Miss or Texas A&M. It's more (laughs) of who we lost to that that hurts more than anything. Because I get it. A lot of people talking about our fans won't let the game go. Mm -hmm. But y'all have to understand, this was just (laughs) – it was heartbreaking for the narrative of the game. And I have some notes. I wrote some notes about kind of what I saw just from my fan perspective and the fact that I – you know. I live and breathe Alabama football as a big fan. Yeah, um, I will say one of the things that I really noticed was that our team played very tense. It's like the Saban has even commented on this. They play; they've been playing not to lose. They've been playing kind of tense. He even said when they were coming out of the tunnel mm-hmm. um, that what was going on was he was like confused because normally he hears chanting coming out of the tunnel like a loud, bolsterish chant, but they weren't even doing that. They were just kind of quiet and kind of they were tense. I mean, it right. shows how. T- how tense they were. Mm -hmm. Um, I think part of it is that our, both of our offensive and defensive coordinators run very complex Mm schemes, which are kind of hard for the players to really get at first. It's really not until very late into the season that they're really coming into it, coming into it and getting it. Um, With that being said, despite the loss, there were actually quite a few things that I'm encouraged by because you have to remember at the end of the day, we lost by a field goal on the road to a top three team. It's true. Um, it's while true. committing the most penalties we've ever committed in school history. And I'm not going <laughs> to blame the rest. There were some picky tack calls, but I'm not... We, we gave the refs a chance to intervene, if, if nothing else. That's sure. the most you could really say. Well, it was so. a tough
0: environment, man. I think pretty much any team would have been kind of flustered that night. I mean, just seeing how loud the crowd was and whatnot, given the environment.
1: Absolutely. You know. And, like... That's one thing you also have to remember is that assuming we get a rematch and then even extrapolating beyond that, like the playoffs and the SEC championship game aren't going to be on a road environment. I think it's very important to remember mm-hmm. that on the road, we average 14 penalties a game. At home, we average six penalties a game. Right. So And this has been a problem going back to last year. So I'm just pointing out that, you know, you have to remember where we're going to play and the games that are really going to matter moving forward. Right. Um, anything, anyway, I do want to talk about some of the things I was actually encouraged by. Okay, Bill, Bill O'Brien has looked improved. a schemes... fans love Bill O'Brien. No, I'm actually going to def- I'm actually going to defend him a little bit. <laughs> okay, so his, his schemes and his play calling actually have looked a lot better throughout the year. Uh, he's much better at, I guess, adapting. He still has some bafflingly bad, just trying to be too cute play calls in certain situations. Sure. So, for example. It was first and 10 with 51 seconds left, and we were well within Riker's field goal range. Mm -hmm. All we had to do was run it three times, get it to a last-second field goal, and then just just take the risk-free option there and just go for it. Instead, we pass three straight times, Give them the ball back with like forty seconds left, and they drive down the field and get a field goal. Yeah. And it's like, here's the thing: he'll do things like he'll technically see on the play sheet that technically, based on percentages, this is the best thing we should do. Right. But at the end of the day, you just have to like remember these are college these are college kids; they're gonna make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Take the risk-free option, dude. Come on.
0: Now, is that Bill O'Brien making those calls, or is that Saban? Like, is Bill Bill
1: O'Brien totally in charge of the audience? Bill O'Brien's making the calls, but I know Saban said after the game he signed off on them. Hmm. Um, And, I mean, if you remember, that's the thing. This is what I'm talking about when I say these are college students. Hmm. Gibbs dropped a crucial pass on third down. That would have been the first down. That would have been the game, probably. He didn't drop that pass. We won the game. We won the game, exactly. But that's what I'm saying is he needs to take into account that these aren't professionals. They're college students. They're going to make mistakes. Hmm. You have to account for that. (laughs) Um, and also, some of the things I was encouraged by, the offensive line has actually looked much improved. Bryce had all day to throw, although the receivers are still struggling a little bit. We are getting Tyler Harrell back, the Louisville transfer, and we're getting Jojo Earl back. And these are two guys that really had some speed. They have some burner speed, mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to create our other receivers to be open in certain types of ways. Mm-hmm. We are actually starting to see one of the biggest criticisms of this defense was that they don't get turnovers. We're actually seeing them get turnovers. It was they got two turnovers finally in this game. And That's also there was another turnover that was called back for kind of a ticky tacky PI. But go. I mean <laughs> I'm not gonna bring up the PI I'm not gonna bring up the PI <laughs> my thoughts on that. But I'm just gonna say the fact that he got the pick and put himself in the position to get the pick sure it's kind of important to me sure
0: fair enough fair enough
1: and so i've noticed also that computer rankings still love us there's a lot of computer rankings that still have us above tennessee which i find kind of funny um and so i'll talk to one of our friends about it i'll talk to maladroit about it and what maladroit said was essentially that computer rankings still like us because they're going to count a three-point win versus a three-point loss, the same way they would count a nine-point win versus a three-point loss. Hmm. And when you think about it, um, they also don't take penalties into account. So, for example, let's say we get a sack. Hmm. It's third and 17. We got a sack. We stop them. But, oh, we give them another first down and extend the drive out of an automatic first down penalty. The computers aren't going to pick up on that. They're just going to see our defensive production and that the yards they gained ultimately – from penalties they're not going to see that part of it
0: yeah there's a lot more to the game than just like yards or like you know first downs and stuff i mean obviously it's really important but yeah
1: so what do i think the team needs to do moving forward is they really just need to play they need to come (laughs) out loose have some fun play the game i'm serious because they're playing two tents they just need to have some fun it's too much pressure dude Yeah, there's so much pressure on them right now because they're hearing it. I guarantee they're hearing it from the fans, and the fans kind of need to lighten up a little bit, <laughs> myself included at times. I mean, oh, it man. just kind of is what it is. But I just want to see them loosen up, play, have fun versus Mississippi State. Um, and one final note I did want to bring up final. is that Dixieland Delight is not a song about Here Tennessee. we go.
0: Here we go. No, Randy, Listen, they say Tennessee a- several
1: times in the song. The reason they say Tennessee several times is because it's a song about people from Fort Payne, Alabama, right on the Tennessee border, going over the Tennessee border over the weekend because their women are so easy. But
0: doesn't he say on the
1: Mason-Dixon line? Jim, stop it. That, I just told you what the song is about. <laughs> okay, I'm just okay. saying,
0: dude. Like, if anything, the Mason-Dixon line like... He'd be going okay, to he
1: Okay, no, 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 no. What he says actually is on a Mason-Dixon night. Oh, Okay. Is this, did they I, I mishear the lyrics? Is that my problem? Yeah, you misheard the lyrics. That's okay. That's okay. I wouldn't expect you to understand. It's okay. <gasps> oh man, for what it's worth, I've had that song stuck
0: in my head like the entire week. I'm serious. I've just been like humming it all week long. That and Rocky Top. Um, I just, I, I, it's, it was fun for me. Yeah, as a Bama hater, you, you gotta understand. But I, I, I empathize with you because hey, my team sucks way more than yours does. So, I, I also lost this weekend. But what can you do?
1: All right, so without further ado, I have to say it's been an entire 359 days since Alabama has beaten Tennessee in football. Oh, my gosh. To put that huge number in perspective. Okay. Industry Baby by Jack Harlow was the number one song. Gas was well below $4 a gallon. The Queen of England was still alive, and most people hadn't even gotten their first booster shot yet.
0: I do even have a PS5.
1: That's a long one. Oh long my was. goodness! Yeah,
0: I mean Oof. it's it's kind of crazy to think about, but I, I'm keeping you my thoughts and prayers, Randy. I know this is a really difficult time for you and for Bama Nation. <laughs> so,
1: look, yeah. hey, I want the rematch. We, you have no idea how badly. <laughs> Here's the thing: every Bama fan has been talking about is I want to rematch, them so badly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We'll see. I'll be honest, dude. I don't like. I like Tennessee, and I think they're definitely like the storyline of this season. But I've got a bad feeling when they face Georgia that they're just not going to come on, on top. And you'll be facing so They're going to destroy others. Georgia anyway. You think so, dude? Okay, well, we'll talk about that in the coming weeks, perhaps.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. So, anyway. without further ado yet again, we're going to move on to the this was their Super Bowl award. Okay. And I guess it would be appropriate for me to begin this. I'm going to say this was their Super Bowl. I'm giving it to literally the entirety of college football. <laughs> <night>. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hey, I don't even blame. I don't blame any of y'all. This, as far as like, If I was a completely neutral fan and I just saw the storyline and saw this play out, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I, I get it. I get it. That's what I'll say. Um, I will say it was also the Super Bowl for the entire rest of the SEC West. We got trash-talked more by other SEC West teams than Tennessee did. (laughs) By teams we've actually beaten. Like, Texas A&M is coming in, making fun of us for the loss, and it's like, dog, we just beat you last week. (laughs) <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, I'll say this: I was thinking about this very topic like
0: a couple of days ago, driving home from work, and thinking about how, like, o- like obviously this is Tennessee Super Bowl. But I thought about it, dude, and like, I-, I I know it was a really bad night for you, obviously, but like seeing the fans storm the field and like you know take down the goalpost and like singing the songs and like literally bringing the field goal post to the river, like this goes beyond the Super Bowl. Like I- I'm thinking about like the actual Super Bowl is a super like corporate environment, we're full of businessmen and not actual fans. And just thinking about like how awesome and unique college football is in this regard. Like what happened at Tennessee storming the field? Like that literally can't happen in the NFL. You know? So I I, I get oh, I that I get that it was tough for you, but like it's it's what makes college football special is these nights like that.
1: No, I, I definitely understand that. I get that. I just happen to be well, I mean I'm not trying to have a big head about it, but I kind of understand that we are the standard of college football still. And it's just one of those things when Bama goes down, it's just, it's an event.
0: So I was saying, Randy, listen, you'll you'll know the Bama
1: dynasty's over
0: when, not when you lose, but when you lose and the fans don't strom the field. That's the litmus test, dude. Oh,
1: man. Yeah, you're right. That's that's the perspective I need to keep. All right. So
0: (laughs) moving on, I know you want to do a very uh, favorite segment coming up here. Fraudulent or... Legit. Do you
1: not have a, a Super Bowl award winner this Oh, week? no,
0: that that is my – It, Randy, come on. It's Tennessee. Okay, like,
1: okay, you know okay, that. okay. You know that. <laughs> but, okay, but that doesn't fit the spirit of the award because the spirit of the award is like it's supposed to be kind of like making fun oh, of somebody because okay. they're treating it like their Super Bowl when they really shouldn't. Fair that enough. That should be Tennessee Super fair Bowl. Fair enough,
0: fair enough. Okay, if I had to pick another team that I guess sort of has granted my gears, um, I would probably give it to Clemson. Uh, they, de- they defeated Florida State. I just, I don't, like, buy it. Like, I, I, I have to give them some props to regard, because they are undefeated in 7-0. But I just, I, like, this team doesn't feel legit to me, dude. And it feels like their fans just kind of still assume they're, like, at the table. Like, you know, they're, like, they're in the playoffs. They're they're this national title team. And in my mind, they're just not. I, I mean, am I overthinking this, or are, are they in, in the right tier?
1: I believe that they're going, they're going to be one of those teams that, They've descended from where they were from legitimate national title contender to they're now like an Ohio State where, yeah, they're probably going to make the playoffs, but you know what's going to happen in round one.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just tired of it, dude. I, like, I'm tired of pretending that they're relevant. You know?
1: That's all. <laughs> I, get, I get that. I get that.
0: All right. Shall we move on then?
1: All right. So we are ready to move on to fraudulent or legitimate.
0: I'm excited. I love this section. Uh, All right,
1: so we're going to start. We're going to start with Georgia Tech at three and three. They're actually playing the afternoon that this is going to be released. They are undefeated since since Alabama former Alabama assistant Brent Key took over, and they also got Alabama football's assistant AD, and he was in charge of football operations. His name is Jay Bat. And fun fact, his name is Jay, but it's literally the letter J. The
0: letter J. Good for him. Yeah, Randy, I'm going to be upfront with you. I think ever since that first game against Clemson, I don't think I've watched a lick of Georgia Tech football this entire season. So I, I really can't tell you. But you know what? I'll believe in your team. I say Hookem Hornets. They're legit. They did beat Pitt, dude. I'm looking back. They did beat Pitt on the road. Um, a ranked Pitt. So, I mean, they're facing Virginia this week today. Uh, yeah, they, they probably they probably beat Virginia. Virginia's pretty down bad. So, I could see it, dude.
1: Yeah. I haven't been able to watch a lot of tech games. I've been here's the thing whenever they play on Thursday, I'm not going to be able to watch this because I'm going to be in class when it's on.
0: Ironically, at Georgia Tech's class. Yeah, yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah, very ironic there. But I mean, here's the thing is that I think they're actually showing investment in their athletics with Hmm. hiring Alabama guys. It shows that they, it shows something. Mm -hmm. It shows something. And it's Worth, I mean, they, had a,
0: they did have a pretty tough schedule to open up the season here against Clemson and Ole Miss. I mean, both of those
1: teams are the in The Clemson right that now. you just denigrated as having to. I know, but I mean, bad. let's
0: face it, dude. Like, Clemson's <laughs> going to beat the Georgia Techs of the world. My, my my problem with Clemson is that they think they can beat the Bamas and the Ohio States as well. That's really my biggest All right. character. All you know? right.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, moving on. All right. So next, we have number 20. Five and two Texas Longhorns,
0: extremely legit. I thought we were in agreement this last week. Um, listen, dude, I I I think that the key thing here is Quinn Ewers. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. He's really elevated this team to relevancy for the first time in forever, and they got a big test this week against Oklahoma State. But I think if and when they beat Oklahoma State, um, they're they're definitely going to like actually be back, but like like back back this time for real.
1: I. Th- I think they're a good, legitimate team when they're actually firing in all cylinders. But I mm-hmm. think they very much still struggle. Like, they're going to struggle with consistency still a little bit. Sure. Um, they certainly look good at times. But you have to remember, they just struggled against Iowa State. And Iowa State's not horrible.
0: I just think they're looking ahead. Like, it's it's a classic, like, it's a talented team kind of problem. Where, like, they, they're going to play Iowa State at home after that big win against Oklahoma. Like, they're obviously not going to be all that, you know energetic in a way like they would be maybe against, you know, a team like Oklahoma State, who's currently number 11 in the nation. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they're going to be firing at all cylinder, cylinders this weekend. And as long as they keep doing that, they're going to keep winning.
1: All right. Fair enough. Moving on to the number 18, Illinois, fighting Illini at 6-1. <sighs> Brett this. It, it pains me Albert. to say
0: this, but like Illinois this year is literally what Wisconsin was. Like five years ago. So they're, they are legit. Like they're just a good team. Like they're just, they have a good offensive line, very disciplined, good defense, nothing flashy, nothing spectacular, but like solid across the board. And solid across the board generally wins you games. I mean, you might not beat the big, the big punchers like Ohio State or Michigan, but like in the Big Ten West, you're going to win most of your games. So, I I don't know who stops Illinois, and it it kills me to say this, dude. It kills me because I hate them. I hate Burt. I hate what he's become. But, like, who's going to beat them? They're going to keep winning, dude. They're one of the best. And here's teams.
1: the thing. I'm looking at their wins, and it doesn't look like they have any even close wins. All their wins are by pretty large margins, except for Iowa, the Iowa games. It's but, Iowa for you. <laughs> I mean yeah, it's Iowa. Who cares? Yeah. But I mean, even looking at the remaining schedules, Nebraska, Michigan State, Purdue. I guess they do have Michigan. They got
0: Michigan. They do have Michigan, but I mean
1: that sets up very nicely to go ten and two, almost yeah. nine and three at worst.
0: Yeah, this team's like... They could be
1: really fighting for the New York Six Bowl. They
0: might be a New York Six Bowl team, especially if Penn State continues to flop. I mean, they might be the third best team in the Big Ten, which is wild. But it just kind of shows you, one, how bad the Big Ten West is this year, and two, just what playing good football can do. Again, nothing flashy. Like, they're the least sexy team in football, but, like, man, they're 6-1. and Like, you can't fault them too much. You know what I mean?
1: That's the thing, is I feel like sometimes teams try a little too hard to, like, build to beat playoff teams, even though they're not a playoff team mm-hmm. and like you just have to do what's going to win your conference. You have to kind of have realistic expectations and mm-hmm. make a Cinderella run. Then great. You know, yeah. there's nothing more fun than winning. I would rather win in a boring way than lose in a quote unquote, fun way. for
0: sure. And this is what kills me, dude. I wish we were them because we were them for the longest time. And now we're just, we're incredibly, Wisconsin is like one of the worst teams in the nation, like straight up. It's bad. So
1: I don't know. All right. Next. I uh, hate, by the way, every time I look at these teams, like ESPN pages to kind of like get some information whenever I do this broader mm-hmm. legit segment, mm-hmm. on every single one, it keeps showing like this the zoomed out field storm view of the Tennessee game. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's funny.
1: So I'm having to put up with that. All right. Next, I'm <laughs> going to the The number 16, 5-1 in Penn State Nittany Lions. Not legit.
0: Let's face it, dude. Here's the thing. Like, I can accept the loss to Michigan, but the way they lost was just, like, embarrassing. They lost like we would lose to Michigan, which is to say they were fraudulent. Like, they couldn't compete with the big dogs. They got humiliated on the road. I think they're still a good team. Like, they'll probably beat Minnesota this week. Knock on wood. I hope they beat them. But I had, in my mind, they were a New York 6 team. And as of last week, I I just think that's not them. Like they're not up to that standard this year. It is what it is.
1: All right, I agree one hundred percent. I was never that high on them. I was always skeptical, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to stay. I didn't want to step in your step in your lane with the Big Ten it's my territory. whenever you were really very high on them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next we have the number 15, five and two, Utah Utes.
0: Uh, like I guess like it kind of depends your perspective. Like, they're not this playoff caliber or even maybe a New York 6 caliber team that I think we maybe thought they would be entering the season. And so by that metric, they are fraudulent. But, I mean, they're legit by Utah's regular standards, if that makes any sense. Like, I think this is a 9-3 and team. This is a team that's going to finish ranked, a team that's probably going to get into a decent bowl game and probably win it, maybe finish the 10 wins. And so in that regard, I think they are legit. I think they're, you know, a consistently pretty solid program. So I, I don't know. It kind of depends on your perspective on this one.
1: They're a legitimate 9-3 and team, right. but their their preseason hopes were fraudulent, but their current expectations have now been set in a better, more realistic, more realistic place, and they're probably legitimate based on that, at least. I agree. Yeah. All right. Next, we're getting to some fun teams. Okay. The number 10, 5-1 Oregon Ducks.
0: I was thinking about this today. I think they are legit, and here's why. like They were annihilated in Week 1, but beyond that, they've looked really solid. I mean, they won five games in a row. Um, they've been a tough test this week against UCLA, but like the more I think about it, man, like it was one game and it was the first game of the season against the national, you know, champs who were defending their title. I can look past that one game, especially because it happened so early in the year. I think what matters much more is the fact that Oregon has a lot of momentum and is winning games now. And if they keep winning, dude, I, I don't think they're eliminated from playoff conversation. Like honestly, if they win out and win the, and then win the PAC 12, I think they should make the
1: playoffs. Oh, I 100% agree. And here's the thing that I talked about immediately after the Georgia game is that this is a long season. You have to make sure you don't peak too early or peak at the wrong time. And it seems like Georgia was – they were ready week one, but then as they continued on throughout it's the slipping. rest of the week, they're slipping. And now Oregon is slowly getting better with a new quarterback, new coach. And it's almost like if it's they played fun. again today, if they played again this week, I would be very curious to see how an Oregon versus Georgia game would go now.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean I'm not saying Oregon wins, season. but there's no way it would be a blowout like that before.
1: You know? Absolutely. All right. Next up is the team I'm afraid <laughs> to give my thoughts on, but I'm gonna bring them <laughs> up. Is the number seven Old Miss. I don't think they're the Rebels anymore. They're like the Black Bears or something. Wait, what? Really? At seven and zero. Yeah, they changed their mascot because. Wait, their old mascot was. Well, literally I get that it was like Confederate caricature of a Confederate something. Well, they're still the Rebels. Yeah.
0: They're still the Rebels, but I know, like, the, the, uh, in terms of typ- typography, like they just use the old Miss script logo now. They never yeah. use the old like Rebel cartoon character or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I don't even care
1: if mascot as the Rebels. Just, they probably shouldn't have that little cartoony They probably
0: shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just going to keep saying it, dude. Legit. I've been saying it all year. You have to give me some credit, dude. I've said they're a top 10 team all year. Here we are, week eight, still top 10, at least according to the AP. Um, the reality is, man, Kiffin, he knows how to run an offense. This is one of the highest scoring offenses in the nation, and... As I said last week with Tennessee, like, they have a lot of weaknesses on defense, but if a good offense, dude, if you can win in a shootout like Tennessee did last week, you can kind of beat anybody, and Ole Miss just has to win a few more shootouts, dude. I think they're going to beat LSU this week. They got a tough test at A&M the following week, but after that, <sighs> Alabama in, like, less than a month, dude. Are you scared? I mean, that's going to be at home well, for Ole Miss. I mean...
1: I mean, scared implies that we think it's, like, an automatic win regardless. <laughs> okay. We know we're going to have to come in and play a great game to be able to beat them. But that game's going to be in terms
0: of the SEC West. I mean, that's that's for all the marbles. Oh, yeah, it actually. will. Yeah. It
1: absolutely will. So. Um, but it's just an individual matchup basis. I wouldn't say, like, I'm scared, but it's definitely one of those things where you have to come in ready. And I think our players understand that, and mm-hmm. hopefully they won't play tense again. Yeah. But here's my thing on Ole Miss is that they've played a very, very soft schedule it's up to this point. It's been sus, Yeah. And they have not looked great doing it. Well, The whole Aub- Auburn, they didn't really look great. Versus Vanderbilt, they didn't look great. Versus Tulsa, they didn't look great. Versus I think, Troy, they didn't look great. I think their
0: offenses looked great. It's just the defense, really, that's my biggest gripe with them. Because they're putting up the points, dude. Like, they can score on a dime. So, I, I, I don't know. I get the concern. But the reality is, man, like... We'll find out. Like we'll find out how they, they still have to face. play. Yeah.
1: their last five games again are going to be their five toughest games of the year: yeah. LSU, A and M, Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi. So State. we'll see.
0: We'll see how they match up as the schedule kind of uh, you know increases in difficulty. But I like him, doing. I like him for now. I like Kiffin. How can you not like Kiffin, Randy?
1: <laughs> I mean, not... I like he you He was like our Diffin? offensive coordinator. He was <laughs> our offensive coordinator for know, three years. He I did know, great. I he helped know. revolutionize us. Yeah. All right. So next, the final one okay. is the. Number three, and 6-0, Tennessee Volunteers. Extremely legit.
0: And I, I know it kills you. I know it kills you to see this. But, oh, I, I, again, I don't know if they beat Georgia, but the reality is, dude, Tennessee is 6-0, and ranked number three, just beat Bama, and maybe just had a Heisman moment in Hendon Hooker. This is about as legit as Tennessee can possibly get. Like, <laughs> it, it, they've exceeded all expectations. And in my mind, regardless of what happens the rest of this year, like, they've already won. They're already on top. You know, like, just just let them have it, man. Let them have this one year. Good for them.
1: Okay, I will say this. <laughs> I feel like they would be very vulnerable in an SEC championship game situation and in a postseason situation. I think they would put up a very good fight in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. hypothetically, if they were in that position. Mm-hmm. But... I'm just saying, I feel as though if that game they played versus Alabama was on a neutral field, yeah, yeah. the result may be interesting. And they're going to be playing; they're not going to have the most hostile home crowd I've ever seen. And <laughs> that's not to denigrate the loss or you know or you know take away from their win. I'm yeah. just saying, home field is very important it's in college thing. football, and it's they the... took advantage of it.
0: Sure, yeah, they'll be interesting to see. Again, I think they are like the biggest story of the season thus far. So.
1: And Definitely it took, to I will say, it took us playing a horrible game and them throwing everything plus the kitchen sink at us to really. That's how it goes, dude. Come on. I mean, that's how, mean, that's him how him it goes. Up. I get it. I'm just saying, you know, it's going to come down to the Georgia game, right? And yeah. I think they are built to beat Georgia. So I'm I am very, Georgia
0: for what it's worth.
1: very curious to see how this plays out for them. It should be interesting. All right, so let's get ready to talk about this week's games. Um, We have a pretty decent list we're going to talk about today, including some we've kind of touched on, but not really gone in depth on. Yeah, we we
0: have got detail.
1: All right, so number 14, undefeated Syracuse at number 5, Clemson.
0: Yes, sir, dude. Battle of the Unbeatens, or in my mind, Battle of the Clowns. Um, I think both (laughs) these teams are sus, though I'll be honest. I think Syracuse is probably a little bit more sus than Clemson. Um, and this is, I believe, this is at Clemson. So yeah, I don't think there's any chance in hell that Syracuse even keeps us close. To be blunt, I think the I the think
1: Tigers Clemson kind of gets like about a 17 point win. Here's the thing: is that DJU has looked a lot better. Uh, 17 touchdowns to two interceptions on the year. He looks a lot better. Solid. And also, as a side note, I have to say I really like Syracuse's running back Sean Tucker. He's very good, but I really like his Twitter posts after the games, Dude, where he talks. He just gives name. his he, it's a meme. What he does is he gives his stats and he gives it in like a way a reporter would. It's just funny.
0: I don't know. I, I get that it's a shtick. I'm, I think I'm just a hater because like, like I wouldn't hate Syracuse if they weren't so fraudulent. If they had beaten like anyone I good this year, you know?
1: they they I don't think they're at all trying to fool people. I mean they they know what they are or I think I guess. they're just trying to win games, man. I guess. They I North mean, hey, hey. Carolina State. They, they exposed the team you thought was fraudulent in yeah. North Carolina State. It's, it's the
0: battle of the frauds again, dude. Like, here's the deal. Like, they're going to face Notre Dame again. Uh, Syracuse is facing Notre Dame after this. And, like, Florida State, Wake Forest. Like, these are good, like, brand names, but, like, they're not big wins. Like, they don't face anyone who's truly, like, a top 10 team other than maybe clubs in this year. So, I don't know, dude. I don't
1: know. I'm he hating. said not a top 10 team in Wake Forest. That's interesting. Anyway, um... <sighs> The next game is number seven, Ole Miss at LSU. And this is where I give my lock of the week. Oh. My lock of the week is that Ole Miss goes down to LSU in Death Valley. Dude. I hope this doesn't bite me in the butt again twice for the season because I had LSU as a lock of the week against mm-hmm. – um, I forgot who it was. It was Florida? I don't yeah. know. Either way – I, Actually, I think I had LSU's a lock of the week against Tennessee. That was By obviously way, very how, foolish. How are
0: you doing on the year for locks of the week?
1: I was. Looking... I'm doing pretty bad. I only have so one. Wrong. I don't want to think about it.
0: I've only had one wrong, incorrect lock of the week, and that was when I thought that week four was to be Clemson. Literally every other lock was correct. I, I, I'm going to toot my own horn.
1: Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say, old Miss has looked very sus. I think they're fools gold. I think they've had a soft hmm. schedule, and I think they're about to they're about to mess around and find out at LSU this week.
0: I will say this: I think it's preposterous that LSU is unranked, and I I am defending an SEC team right now, but I think it's ridiculous that an SEC West team that's five and two. And is eating Chips is able to uh, be unranked in the season this late in the game, I think they're at least a top 20 team. I'm not saying top 10, but this is a good team. And it would be a good win for Ole Miss should they win this game.
1: Exactly. All right, next.
0: Hey,
1: number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon.
0: So it's interesting. We've, it feels like a common thread throughout the season has been us saying, all right, UCLA is finally getting a good test this week. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is their biggest test yet. And every time, they pass the test so far. I mean, last week, they did beat number 11, Utah, um, in a pretty good game. This week, though, I hate to say this, Chip, I think I think the luck runs out, I'll be honest. I think Oregon, we've been hyping them up this, this episode so far. I think Oregon is a truly great team. They're a top 10 team through and through. I know they blew it in the first game against Georgia, but since then, dude, they've looked solid. They're the team to beat in the Pac-12 this year, so... This game actually probably will, kind. it might not decide the Pac-12, but it will decide who gets a shot in the Pac-12 championship for sure. Um, With their new format, they don't have like a North and South division anymore or whatever it used to be. It's just the top two teams. So it'll probably be USC versus the winner of this game, I imagine, in the Pac-12 championship. So this is a pretty big deal with perhaps some playoff implications.
1: Normally, I would agree with everything you just said about (laughs) UCLA getting tested against a... (laughs) Very solid Oregon team, but I think Chip is going to look at this game, and it's versus his old school. I think that just adds a little bit of extra to the game. I don't know. I I know he's already super highly motivated to win this game, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's the one thing that's going to push UCLA over the edge. Should
0: be a good one. Uh, a game that I can't watch. It is at
1: Oregon, which I think is going to matter a lot. I
0: guess I should mention with all this, I will not be able to watch any of these games this weekend, and it's kind of breaking my heart.
1: Ah, oh, fall weddings. They got to know weddings. better.
0: I'm in a fall wedding, folks. It's true. <laughs> I'm missing my first Wisconsin home game, if we're not counting COVID, because no one could attend those. If we're not cutting COVID, this is the first Wisconsin home game that I will have lost since my freshman year of college uh, in 2012. Bucks. It's sad. It's sad, but I it mean, sad. it's the typical excuse for missing a game. It's a wedding, so... What can you
1: do? Yeah. (laughs) True.
0: Uh, Moving on, we've got number 20, Texas, at number 11, Oklahoma State. Randy, do you think Texas can keep the momentum up?
1: (sighs) No? I don't even know, man. You don't know? I just – I just – I really want to say Oklahoma State – I really feel like Texas is going to be somewhat inconsistent in some of the great flashes we've seen, and I really think Oklahoma State is going to be able to, a consistent Oklahoma State team is going to be able to capitalize on that.
0: Well, here's the thing. You want to talk about consistency, Oklahoma State blew it against TCU. I mean, that's not very but, consistent. Okay, you
1: said they blew it, but it was, what, like a they three-point it. game? They are still like something crazy, like 20-2 and two in their last 22 games.
0: I'm looking at ESPN's win probability, and in the fourth quarter with six and a half minutes left, Oklahoma State had a 91% chance of winning the game. Really? And they found a way to lose. They found a way to lose.
1: Yeah, but that what, what I'm saying is that they are ultimate. Like, that wasn't an inconsistent performance by them. They just happened to lose the game versus the top 10 team, more than likely. Uh, I
0: guess. I don't know. I like Texas, dude. I, li- I like more than anything. I like the direction they're under with Quinn Ewers. I think he's one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the nation. So This should be a good game, though. It should be a shootout, I imagine. A classic Big 12, you know. Like fifty-two to fifty-one kind of score.
1: That would be very fun. I would love it. All right, next game is going to be number twenty-four Mississippi State at number six Alabama. Randy. Here's the thing: <laughs> we played Mississippi State. The we played Mississippi State directly after our lost in three out of our four past losses. That's the, <laughs> that's the stat, and I actually thought about that because I remember thinking after the game, after the Tennessee game, like, it seems like we always play them right after we lose. I feel bad for them. And there's also another stat is that uh, Mississippi State and Mike Leach, they are notoriously bad against Saban. I know really? we're Bama. We have everybody's number, but we especially have theirs. Just we, they Mississippi State has never looked good against us. And also Pete Golding and Saban, they were the first coaches to ever blank Leach on the scoreboard for the first time ever.
0: Really? I mean, for what it's worth, dude, for what it's worth, Mississippi State does have a pretty high-flying offense this year, and it seems like that is the one weakness of Bama is, like, trying to win in a shootout. Do you think this could even be kind of close or, like, a high-scoring game?
1: No, because our defense is basically tailored to destroy air raid teams. That's kind of the problem for them. Really? Because think about it. They're going to have a statue quarterback. We're going to send up the cheetah package, and we're going to get pressure. <laughs> Part of the reason <coughs> excuse me, Tennessee had so much success was oh, with but... Hinton Hooker's legs. We couldn't just bull rush the passer. We had to create a pocket mm-hmm. and hold the pocket. We couldn't just get after the quarterback because we know he would beat us with his legs. Right. That's not going to be the case with Will Rogers.
0: We'll see. I'm looking forward to this one. Not that I can watch it, but maybe – Maybe I'll like check it out on my phone or something during the during the reception. We'll
1: see. You may be disappointed. Like I'm not trying to trash talk for Mississippi State, but it's just objectively speaking, we have their number and we're tailor made to stop a team exactly like them.
0: All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um,
1: no. Next is your favorite game. Oh, you're yeah. going to Want to know about is Minnesota at number 16, Penn State.
0: So this is a game I had like circled on my calendar all year. If you recall, like heading into the you know maybe like week four of the season. Everyone was so high on the Mighty Goofers and P.J. Fluke because they were like 4-0 in the Big Ten West despite playing nobody. I think they've lost their last two games, um, and now they're they're unranked finally. Um, This is a game that I expect them to lose heading into the season, and I stand by this. I want this to be a blowout. I want Penn State to just thrash them and make them feel maybe just like a fraction of the pain I felt this season. That's really all I want at this point. So uh, looking forward to this one, hopefully in my favor for once. God help me.
1: Tell me how you really feel, Jimbo. Anyway, I, meant, I, meant. I was going <laughs> to defer that to you. I knew you would have a lot to say. And the final game of the week we're going to discuss is number 17, Kansas State at number eight, TCU. Yes, indeed.
0: I mean, Kansas State, I didn't realize until I was like preparing for this episode, I didn't even realize that they were five and one. I mean, no one's talking about Kansas State, and yet they're still very much in this you know, in this uh, picture here for the Big 12 championship. Maybe not playoff team, but listen, they, they upset Oklahoma. They can probably upset a lot of teams. And I know this is at TCU, but I still have my qualms with the Horned Frogs. I think this should be a pretty evenly matched battle between two purple teams and certainly a game to look for heading into the night.
1: I'm very much looking forward to this game because I really have no idea how it's going to end up. Yeah. It's just going to be a great another great Big 12 matchup. The Big 12 is really coming home with the best two games maybe of the week coming up.
0: That's true. Yeah. So certainly uh, looking forward to hopefully hopefully classic Big 12 high-flying offenses. That's always. Funny. I will
1: say this. I'm actually kind of glad for the sake of the sport that the three top games of the week coming up are not SEC or Big 10. Mm, that's true. There's that's going to be true. two Big 12 games plus the UCLA-Oregon game.
0: That's true. Look at that. Little conferences that could, um, but I digress.
1: (laughs) All right,
0: all right, we're gonna finish it off this week as always with our personal top tens. Um, I'll give one, Randy will give one, and we'll discuss them both. Um, at number one, Randy, I'm sorry to do this to you, I really am, but I I have got to give, give credit where it's due. They were low down, but now they're on top. It's the Tennessee Volunteers, Rocky Tops back on top. My number one pick for the best
1: team in the nation this week? <sighs> well, unfortunately, my number one is also the Tennessee Volunteers. Wow. Here's the thing, they beat Bama. I they mean, beat Bama, <laughs> it's be... look, it's physically impossible for Tennessee to lose to Georgia at this point, right? You
0: think so? You really want to rematch, Georgia? Yeah, it's just.
1: Oh, I mean, it's. I'm saying it's literally not possible. Are you scared but... of Georgia? Is that the real truth here? No, we're not scared of Georgia.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. Well, okay.
1: we'll see. Be- because I have Georgia at number two. Oh. So I think they're a little bit worse than Tennessee. In fact, I, w- I should want to play Georgia instead, right? Theoretically, I but guess. I think they're worse.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> at number two, I've got to have a bit of a Homer bias here. I've got Ohio State. Um, I think they had a bye week last week, but listen, dude, they're still they're still Ohio State. They're, they're, they might be the most complete team in the entire entire uh college football landscape this year i realize they don't have a signature win like tennessee does but they're probably going to get one when they face michigan at the end of the year so look up for the Buckeyes.
1: true all right at number three i have the Clemson tigers wow dude here's the thing i i, I stand by what i said is that, that i think they're going to be like the number three or number four slot in the college football playoff and they're <sighs> just going to be a sacrifice
0: i don't i just i don't buy it dude i don't i don't buy dj poo as i call him
1: not a fan. Uh, but you don't you don't have to buy him as a national title contender. You just have to buy him as yeah. somebody good enough to win the ACC.
0: I buy him as that if they're going to be top three. But uh, regardless, but that's what
1: I'm saying. That's what's going to happen.
0: Regardless, um, at number three, I've got the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, listen, the way they slaughtered Penn State uh, at home again, it, it it really was a slaughtering. Like they they took the dog out back. Let's just say so. I'm impressed by Michigan. I think they're really. They might not be a playoff team, but they do pose a legit threat of beating Ohio State this year, which should be pretty fun. So I got them at three.
1: Well, speaking of Ohio State, at number four, I have Ohio State.
0: Hey, for all those reasons, I imagine. Um, At number four, well, I'll just repeat one you did. I've got Georgia. I got to give them some credit. I think they are fraudulent, but they got a lot of talent. They're going to keep winning. So I got them at four.
1: Yeah, I understand. At number five, this is where starting and going to start getting a little bit spicy. At number CR. five, by the way, I should probably point out I did not include Alabama in my top ten. Just no, out of... no way. I didn't know where to put us. Come on.
0: <laughs> that's funny, dude. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I mean, not not because I don't think we're a top ten team, just because out of homerism and just I don't know. Okay. People may not like where I put us in a power ranking scenario. Sure. People would be mad at me. It's so fine. I just fine. avoided that kind of worms. I'll get you back next All week. Right. <laughs> number five. I have the Oregon Ducks.
0: Hey, yeah, it's they're good, dude. I don't know, man. Like they're definitely they got some momentum going their way, so should be exciting to watch this weekend. Like
1: I said before, the season is it's a long season. It's about peaking at the right time, and they're sure. getting some momentum. Um, they're doing what they need to do. Let's just see how things play so out for them.
0: All right, at number five, I have the Ole Miss. Not Rebels, I guess. Oh, Ole Miss Black Bears or something. Listen, dude, I like Lane. <laughs> I like Lane. All I'm going to say, keep an
1: eye out for them. All right, fair enough. At uh, number six, I now have who Oregon's opponent, UCLA. And oh. I kind of am looking at this, and I almost want to swap them now that I look at it mm-hmm. and make number five UCLA, but I think they're <laughs> going to win the game in number six. It's just so hard to choose.
0: Right, right.
1: That's but fair. I do think they are neck and neck.
0: For sure. It's going to be a great game this weekend. Uh, at number six, I have to give you some credit here. My highest one-loss team of the nation. I'm giving it to Bama. Um, I, I realize like, like here's the deal though The reason I have Tennessee at one is because I still think obviously extremely highly of the Crimson Tide. You know what I mean? So like Alabama obviously is not out. Alabama obviously still controls their own destiny and can make the playoff and win the title. So they're still the team to beat at the end of the day. So they're still a top 10 team in my book.
1: Fair enough. At number seven, I have the Oklahoma state Cowboys, but I could hmm. be proven wrong this week.
0: I don't know, man. I liked them last week, not this week. Um, at seven, I've got UCLA for all the same reasons you said. Uh, look out. Chip Kelly's coming.
1: All right. At number eight, I have a spicy one. I have okay. – remember, this is kind of a power ranking slash AP style poll, but okay. so just keep that in mind. At number eight, I have the Texas Longhorns. Dude. When they're at full strength and when they're actually playing with all – when they're clicking, yeah. they are very, very good. That's true. That's true.
0: I, I, I have them just outside my top ten, probably. They're definitely the best 2 lost team in the nation, I would say.
1: That's definitely Absolutely. for
0: Absolutely. Um, at number eight, I have got the Oregon Ducks. They're good, folks. Quack, quack, I say.
1: At <laughs> number nine, quack, quack. At me. number nine, I have the Ole Miss Rebel Black Bears.
0: Wow. So you are giving them I some respect. I have
1: to give them, look, there is they're still an undefeated SEC West team. I have to give them some type of credit.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, at number nine, I've got another one-loss team here. And this, this feels kind of wrong because they just lost, but <sighs> I still got to give them credit. USC. The Trojans. Um, dude, I get that they were kind of exposed, but I think what they really need is, like – a wake-up call, and, and this, this could be a good test to see if they kind of, like, go off the rails because they got their first loss, or if this kind of, like, rejuvenates them and lightens them up. For now, I'm actually kind of leaning towards this might fire them up and make them win out the rest of the season. So, for now, I've got them top 10.
1: All right, fair enough. As my number 10, as my number 10, I have the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Wowee. And you have to remember, they, were, they went to double overtime versus Clemson. Mm-hmm. They beat Florida State very handily. They beat Liberty. They beat Vandy pretty handily. I mean, I know it's Vandy, but Vandy is <laughs> not quite as awful this year.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, at 10, I, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm, I'm giving it to TCU. They are one of the last remaining undefeated teams in the nation, and they do control their own destiny in the Big 12. I'm still, I think the jury's still load on whether or not they're actually legit, if they're actually a playoff team, but for now, they keep winning. So if they, as long as they keep winning, man. They're they're gonna keep uh, being top ten probably. Hook 'em horned frogs, I say.
1: Hook 'em horned frogs.
0: All right. Well, uh, I think that just about concludes our episode. Any final thoughts, Randy? I know this has been a pretty, um, pretty eventful weekend for you, so there's probably a lot to process.
1: Yeah, um, we are. The season's very much shaping up to have a very exciting conclusion with all the top teams really kind of looking vulnerable. So maybe we'll see the Cinderella story pop up. I'll be very curious to watch the end of the season as everything unfolds.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just ready for the season to be over as far as like my Badgers go. But um, at least like the <laughs> oh, rest of the season's coach. fun. I don't know. I like Jim Leonard, but we looked, dude. I don't know if you saw anything in the game last week, but. It was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty shameful. I mean, it was bad. What was cool though was like we lost in overtime, and like legitimately maybe 15 seconds after the final play, like when Michigan State score, uh, score their touchdown, I, I flicked the channel to the Alabama game, and literally in that moment they were kicking the field goal. So like it was this extreme low followed by this extreme high, and I'm really thankful for the rest of the season being so much fun to kind of help numb the pain of my own team being. Literally one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, so I, I appreciate your sacrifice, Randy.
1: My final thought is: Were you happy? Would you have been happier with Wisconsin winning or with Tennessee winning last week?
0: Wow. Um, honestly, <laughs> maybe maybe Tennessee, because at this point, like, there is no hope for Wisconsin. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this is what really
1: okay, okay. No, but
0: honestly, I think that says more about Wisconsin than anything, and just how bad of a season it's going for us. Like, I'm I'm used yeah, to thanks. losing at this point, dude. I'm I'm used to us being terrible by now, so. It's kind of like whatever at this point, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I understand. You kind of just emotionally check out.
0: Yeah. So at least the rest of the, you know, rest of the landscape is exciting. And again, looking forward to an exciting weekend that I can't watch, but I hope you have a good time, Randy. I certainly hope our viewers have a good time as well. Until yes, then. I'll be at the game. Yeah. Enjoy it. Until then, as always, it's been the Spinach and Podcast, and as they say, one time
1: on Wisconsin.